here today. Good morning. There we go. Good to see every one of you here today. Thank you so much for being here. It is a privilege to stand before you. Today is a special day as we'll be having a believer's baptism here shortly. Uh, but I wanted to share with you this morning about wasted opportunities. And, and I want you to think about this for a few moments because you think about how many opportunities we waste in our lives. And years ago, my mother and, and had received a call from a man who my grandfather used to witness to. And my grandfather witnessed and witnessed and witnessed and witnessed to this man. And my grandfather passed away. Not long or too terribly long after that, this man uh, reached out to my mother. And he asked, would Chad come by and talk to me? And I never went. And he died. And I carry that with me for the rest of my life. Now I pray to the Heavenly Father that he was going to tell me he had been saved by the grace of God. But I don't know. And I think there's so many opportunities that we're placed in that we never realize the significance until they've done passed us by. And what I'd like to share with you this morning is never waste an opportunity that God has given you. If you have your Bibles, I ask with, that you would stand with me as we read the book of Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8 verses 26 through 40. Acts chapter 28, I'm sorry, Acts 8 chapters 26 through 40. Eight, Acts 8, 26 through 40. If you have your Bibles, please follow along with me. If you do not, uh, you can look up on the screen with us as we read God's Word. Let us read. But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert road. So he got up and went, and there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure, and he had come to Jerusalem to worship. And he was returning and sitting in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, go up and join him in this chariot, or join this chariot. So Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet, and said, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, well, how could I understand unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of Scripture which he was reading was this. He was led to a sh as a sheep to slaughter. And as a lamb before his shearer is silent and he does not open his mouth. In humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who will relate his generation for his life is removed from this earth? The eunuch answered Philip and said, Please tell me of whom does this prophet say this? Of himself or someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, beginning from this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. I love that. As they went along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And he answered the, and he ordered the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water. Philip as well as the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, and the eunuch no longer saw him, but went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself in Azotus. As he passed through, he kept preaching the gospel to all the cities 
until he came to Caesarea. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we pray that the words that will be spoken today are yours, yours, not Chad's. I am a flawed man, but your words are unflawed. Lord, may you receive the glory from everything that is spoken. And all God's people said, you may be seated. Now let me give you the story of what's going on. Persecution has now came. And the disciples are moving. I've often said this, if you hear on a Wednesday night, I will tell you what spread the church in the New Testament. Persecution did. As I've said many times, like David Wilkerson, I believe all passion for Christ is born out of anguish. That he opens our heart to see that as born again believers, there will be suffering, but there is rejoicing in suffering. And that which we have, we want others to know. So the Bible says that Philip was told by the Holy Spirit to go south to the road that leads to Jerusalem or Gaza. He was prompted by the Spirit to go here because God had provided a divine appointment. And I want you to understand, as MacArthur would say, there was three or two roads from Gaza to Jerusalem. But Philip would take the one less traveled. Now I want you to hear this. Many people go down a road, but God has appointed a road for us to go down, and it's often the one that's less traveled. So he goes down this road, and he meets an Ethiopian eunuch. Now I'm assuming that most people will know what that means, but I have learned by making assumptions it will get you in trouble. But an Ethiopian eunuch was a man who had been castrated. This is very important, because during this time in biblical history, this was often used as a method of submission for slaves because they would work around a lot of women. So it was a method that was used and employed because they had access to high positions of the throne. In other words, whoever was in charge, they would be some of their closest ears. So you wanted to make sure there was nothing funny going on. So they would be forced to submit. Now even though he was a eunuch... He was a man of very high importance, which would have been treated as royalty. Okay? Now understand this. Now look. He was, he was of the court official of Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians. And understand, well, this is where Sheba had come from. Solomon and Bathsheba. Man, this is, this is important people. This is the lineage of this. And he goes up, he said he was in charge of her treasure and he was going, had come home to Jerusalem to worship. He was an Ethiopian who had been converted to Judaism. Okay? He's going to Jerusalem to worship. But the Bible tells us that he was, he was in his chariot and the Spirit said, go talk to him. Now this is very important. Have you ever been put in a position where the Spirit has prompted you to talk somebody and you didn't? Why? Fear? Fear. Fear. Fear is one of the greatest attractants we as believers have when sharing the good news of Jesus. Let me let something be perfectly known. That is the furthest thing that should keep you from preaching the gospel of Christ. Fear, the only thing that man can do is kill you. He can't take your soul. And so many times we use fear but let me rest assured, you do not want the torment 
of knowing that you could have shared the good news and when you walk away, it could be the last time they spend on earth. Please understand this. This is not just something that is temporary. This has eternal consequences. See, he's prompted by the Spirit to go talk to Philip, or or Philip to go talk to him. So he goes up and joins him in the chariot. Now that's not something you would do to a high-ranking official, which also gives indication God is at work. So he says to him, do you understand what you're reading? This is very key. Philip, here's this man reading a portion of Isaiah 53. And he's talking about a sheep that is being led to the slaughter, which is our Christ. And Philip said, do you understand this? He says, how can I know unless somebody explains it? Listen to me very clearly. It doesn't matter what you've been taught by mama or daddy, your best friend or cousin or preacher Fred. What does the Word of God say? There's no negotiation. He was not explaining his thoughts. He was explaining the Word of God. He preached Jesus to him. Now understand, they didn't have the New Testament like we have. He was using the old. Newsflash. The Old Testament points to Christ. All of it. So he says, how can I understand unless somebody shows me? Teaches me. And he began to read the sheep that is led to slaughter. That's Jesus. He that was the innocent lamb would become sin for you and for me. But he did not open his mouth in humiliation his judgment was taken. Who will relate his generation for his life is removed from the earth? Let me tell you how strong these implications are. What he is telling this man the Judea, that's been converted to Judaism, the same Jesus, the same God the Son that your prophet's talking about has done come and paid the price. You're reading prophecy Fulfilled, and he preached Jesus. The eunuch answered and said, Please tell me of whom does this prophet say? Of himself or someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth from the beginning of Scripture and he preached Jesus. And they went along the road and came to some water. And the eunuch said, Look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? Listen to me. What we're doing today will not save you. Do you hear me? All parents, children, cousins, grandparents, listen to me. Going into this tub does not save you. Only by faith alone in Christ alone saves you. But let me tell you the reaction of the eunuch. What's to prevent me? In other words, you'll want to go through this water. I'm going to explain that. He said, what's to prevent me? Some manuscripts have 37, some don't, but it's what he says. If you believe with all your heart, you may. 
And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he ordered the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water. And Philip as well as the eunuch, and he baptized him. And he came up out of the water, and the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. And the eunuch no longer saw him, but went away rejoicing. And Philip found himself in Azotus. The Holy Spirit put him there. The Holy Spirit removed him when his work was done. But he took the opportunity that God gave him to share the gospel. And I want you to look at three things that happens here. And I want you to look at the order in which they happen. It's very important. First, and number one, I want everybody to write this down, please. I need you to. If you don't have a pencil, then you write it in the portals of your brain. Number one, he received it. He received the Word of God. He received the Word of God. Which means what? Explain this to me, Philip. Well, I'll tell you, there's a man called Jesus. And what you may be worshiping in one God, you do good. But His Son is Jesus Christ. He don't only just remove the sin, He takes it away as far as the east and from the west. He can forgive you. He will sustain you. And He died for you. Believe it. Repent of your sin. And follow Him. He received the Word. How will people know if they don't have a preacher? How will they hear without the Word of God? It is not just my job to proclaim the name of Jesus. It's all of our jobs. Shepherds do not reproduce sheep. Sheep reproduce sheep. Preach the Gospel. He received it. Number two, listen. He believed it. He believed it. He believed it. He heard the Word. And He believed the Word. You see that? It's not believing that Jesus. It's believing in Jesus. And I've shared this many times. Many people believe that Jesus existed. Many people believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. According to James, that qualifies every one of us to be a demon. For they believe, and then they tremble. But believing in Christ, which means this, as Peter was standing at the time, at, at, at Pentecost, and they were convicted to the heart, what happened? They received it. They received the Word of God. The Jesus you crucified. And they were cut to the core. And they cried out under their conviction, listen, what must we do to be saved? Repent! And be baptized for the remission of your sins. Repent! And I want you to know, people twist that text too. Listen, the emphasis is on repent. Not the baptism. What comes first? Belief and repentance. Then, do you see? Believe, repent. Repent and believe go hand in hand. Faith and repentance cannot be removed from each other. They are hand in hand, but they come first. Period. He believed it. Do you believe the Word of God? Do you believe He's who He says He is? I do. 
Because if I didn't, I'm wasting my time. But I believe He's worthy to be praised. And I believe He's worthy to be preached. And I'm going to tell you something about wasting opportunities. Let me assure you that the Word of God will offend many people. It don't need your help. It doesn't need your help. But I would rather 15 million people get mad at me than one person spend eternity in hell. You must understand that there's no other way. Jesus said in John chapter 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. There's no other way. But not only did He receive it, and He believed it, number three, He proclaimed it. Now how did He do this? What's to prevent me from being baptized? That's your public testimony of faith. That is your identification with Christ. Chad, could you show me Scripture to prove that? Absolutely! Because I'm going to tell you something. I want you to understand very clearly. This don't save me, but this shows the world I've been saved. There's a song that says, I've been through the water and I've come out clean. And you don't put your old shoes on your brand new feet. Because you identify with Jesus Christ. It doesn't save you. But it shows your identification with Christ. That you've been saved. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Very important chapter. We went through this book a couple of years ago. One of my favorite books in this world. The Mount Everest of Theology as it's called. Listen. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may increase? Do you hear that? Have you ever heard those people that say, I'm not perfect, I'm just forgiven. This is a true statement. But that should never be an excuse to live like hell. Because I can assure you, if you're a born again believer in Christ, you're going to get back on the path when you get knocked off of it. And Paul tells you right clear, do I believe you can lose your salvation? Absolutely not. But I believe there are those, maybe even some today, sitting amongst us that never got it. I don't know, I'm not a prophet nor a son of a prophet, but I know this, I will never deny a chance to preach the gospel, whether it be here or outside those doors, because I don't know everybody's heart. But I'll tell you this, if you have the mentality that you continue to live like hell under Christ, then you do not have a relationship with Him. So He says, I had to give you the context all this. <laughs> Shall we continue to sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who have died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ have been baptized into His death? When you are born again, you are baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes into you. He cleanses you and gives you a new character, a new person, a new heart, people. And let me assure you that only the Holy Spirit can do this. 
You will never change a soul. I've met so many people that I've talked to them in marriage. I believe I can change my husband. How did that work? Different message for a different day. If you're mad at me, I love you. But listen, my wife didn't change me and I didn't change her. Christ did. Only Christ can remove the scales from closed eyes. And he says this, if you have been baptized, baptized means it comes from the Greek word babto, that's the root word. We have baptizo, which means to immerse. So let me clear this up for you. Baptizo, when Jesus had the supper with the disciples, he baptizo, baptoed the morsel into the drink. He immersed it. Philip, baptizo, went into the water and came out. It means to immerse. So look what he says. You've been immersed by the Holy Spirit when you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Don't let the word Spirit scare you. I thank God for the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the one that convicts you of your sin. He's the one that enables you with gifts to serve. He's the one that gives you discernment to read the Word of God. Embrace the gift of God. But verse 4, Therefore we have been buried with Him through baptism into death, so that Christ was raised from the dead, new through the glory of the Father, so that we might too walk in newness of life. We have been changed by the Spirit, but by being baptized... Number one, right here, Christ displayed it. Listen to me. It is a recognition, a symbolism of being buried in the likeness of Christ that we are now not only spiritually alive, but we have conquered spiritual death through Jesus Christ. Buried in the likeness of Christ and arisen to a new life in Him. That's what it means. Number one though, He displayed it. Look at this. You don't have to turn with me. You can. I encourage the flipping of Bibles. But I want you to listen to Matthew three thirteen. Then Jesus arrived from Galilee at the Jordan, coming to John to be baptized by Him. But John tried to prevent Him. He says, I have no need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Listen to this. John recognized the Savior of the world, the one he said, behold the Lamb who takes on the sin of the world. He knew Christ was sinless. He knew this. And he says, oh no. I'm not baptizing you. But look what Jesus says. Permitted at this time. For in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill all of righteousness. Then He permitted Him. Jesus was fully God, but He was also fully man and He identified with us. He who created the law also fulfilled it in obedience. It is by obedience that Christ did this. His obedience to the prophecy, 
to the law, to the Father for our goodness. You cannot remove that. Christ did it. And after being baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened, and He saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting on Him. And behold, a voice from the heavens said, This is My Son, who I am well pleased. Jesus Christ displayed it. And then number two, write this in all caps, Jesus Christ commanded it. Matthew 28. Matthew 28. Jesus is leaving, my brothers and sisters. To tell us die. It is finished. The work has been paid on the cross. Forty days after His resurrection, Jesus Christ gathers His disciples. You see, this is the beautiful thing. We talked about this Wednesday. Jesus had to go so the Holy Spirit could be amongst us. Because wherever Jesus was in person, the disciples were with Him. Now the disciples could go all the way across the world and God in the Spirit was there wherever they went. And the same God that's in the Spirit with all of them are in all of you that believe. Do you hear me? So it means no matter whether you're on top of this building or whether you're at work tomorrow with the evilest human being that ever walked the face of the earth, God is with you. Rejoice in it. But look what Matthew 28 says as he is leaving. Matthew 28, 18. 18. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now I could preach on that for about 20. I'm not going to do it. But it is not by my authority that I do anything. I don't have the power to tell you something in God's name. In other words, I can't speak for God, but I can speak about God. Does that make sense? That Jesus Christ is the final authority in heaven and on earth. He is the final authority. We did not crucify some weak Jesus. This world is proclaiming to you that now as Christians are under persecution. I want you to understand this. And I said this very clearly to a few and I want everybody to hear this good. If we are afraid to stand up to Christ, stand up for Christ to our neighbor, to our family, to our friends, what you going to do when you get on a foreign mission field if you ever go and trouble really comes? You hear me? If we're afraid of our own people, what makes us think we're going to disciple to somebody else or preach the gospel? Now, it got quiet in here, but I want you to hear me good. I am not ashamed of the gospel. And none of us that claim his name should be. Because, now, you know what? This world may take my body, but it can't take my soul. I'm 51 years old. And I am proud to know that I have lived this. There's a lot of people that never made it to my age. And y'all know this. So every ounce of time that God has given me, He's given me for a purpose. Why waste it for things that are eternal? You know, I want you to hear very clearly. Listen to me. The moments that pass you by are very important. 
That person that you despise with all your heart, they need Christ. That person you love with all your heart, they need Christ. You will not change them. It's not going to happen. Only thing that can change a human being, as my brother Joe that always says over here, the only thing that any of you contributed to your salvation is your sin. The only thing. And only Christ can remove it. He has that authority. We do not. But when we go out preaching God's Word, He has the power, not only the authority, but the power to change. And let me tell you something. There's nothing more beautiful, and I'll tell you this. If I'm only a pastor for however many years God lets me, and one person came to know Christ, it's worth the battle, people. Because it's time that we started getting our mind off earthly focus and getting it on a heavenly focus. And if people go to hell, they better be tripping over you on the way there. Amen? There we go. He displayed it. He commanded it. Look what he says. Go therefore. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Here's the deal. They will not seek. They must be sought. They will not come. They must be brought. They do not know. They must be taught. The Word of God. Teach them. Share the Gospel that they may become disciples and be baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of Christ and arisen to a new life in Him. Amen? But listen to me very clearly. As I was a child, I was baptized because I saw a friend do it. I've shared this before. Eric went down and did it. Not that Eric, but Eric went down and did it. But I wanted to be like Eric. I didn't want to be like Christ. You hear me? I did it because somebody else did. I did it for habit. In some way, shape, form, or fashion, I thought it washed me and I'll never forget and I'm going to say this, and you may have been told this too, but listen to me. And it hurts me to say, but I had a man tell me, man, you've been saved and don't you ever forget it nor doubt it. Cool. I can live like hell. And I carried that into my marriage because I thought there was some miraculous power. The power was in Christ. Not me. The power was in Christ. Not me. My wife would pray for me. And she prayed and she prayed and prayed until one day God convicted my heart. And I fell on my face and I asked God for mercy. And I said, forgive me, O Lord. Let me tell you what. He did. There's none of you here beyond, beyond forgiveness. Are you convicted today? Please understand, 
I'm not trying to make bad men good. Christ makes dead men live. For I was dead in my own transgressions. And I never will forget, I love telling this story, that when I got saved, I went to the preacher who was in interim at that time. Now listen to me clearly. Chad, you've shared this. I'm going to share it again. Because I think it's the state of the world. Listen to me. I went to the preacher. His name was, well, fair enough. But anyway, he's a great, he's a great man of God. And here I'm a big boy. He weighed about 18 pounds, soaking wet. And I went up to him and I said, Brother, Christ has saved me. He's changed me. And I got to tell somebody. And he said, Well, brother, do it right. Do it tonight. It was on a Wednesday night. When I got up to speak, I wanted to say five things at one time. And it came out. That's the way it came out. And everybody thought I started speaking in tongues. Now, I'm not saying trying to be cute, funny, but I said, whoa, 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 you don't do that in the Baptist church. But listen, but listen to me. I'm not saying that bad. I'm not getting onto that. I'm just saying I scared a lot of people. And I backed up and I said, I want to tell you something. I had all y'all fooled. Every one of you. I got you fooled. Congratulations. I fooled you. But I couldn't fool Christ. For the Chad you've seen here was not the Chad I live at home. And if there's not a consistency in my life that reflects Christ, I do not have a relationship with him. Had him fooled. And I shared with him, I said, you know what? But I fell on my face and I cried out for mercy. And Christ gave it to me. And I'm here today that the same Jesus Christ that saved me can save you. And he's not to be ashamed of. Because there's a lot of people, listen to me, I want you to hear this. This is the point I'm making, because this is very serious. There's a lot of baptized people that are going to hell. Do you hear me? There's a lot of people that's been baptized that are going to hell. There's a lot of people that hadn't that are going to hell. The only thing that saves you is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Have I made that clear? But let me tell you the rest of my story, as Paul Harvey would say. I said, brother, you got to baptize me. And he went, ooh, you're a big boy. Might have some help. I said, I'll help you. But I got to go. Why did I want to do this? Because I want to show people that I'm obedient to Christ. And I wanted people to say, see, that you know what? I've been baptized by the Spirit for my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And I want to identify with Christ and go down in the water and up again to show I was dead in the likeness of Christ. I was dead, but Jesus Christ brought me up to newness in Him. That is worth celebrating. When I got baptized, never will forget this. I went into the water and he was a nervous wreck. I shared, some of you wasn't here this morning, I have the privilege to baptize Chris's mom, Jean, who passed away not long, at 85 years old. And I hope you don't mind me sharing this. I shared that. That has always touched my heart. I'm going to tell you why. Because this lady wanted to proclaim to the world she had been born again. 
And she stood in the water and she took her hearing aids out. And I had to ask Jimmy Boyer to help me because I was scared. <laughs> but I see her go into the water and she come out with her hand raised. And I have never forgotten that. Because there's none of us too old to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And there's never none of any of us too old or young to show that we love Him. Amen? But I share all that to say that when I was baptized, I went down, he took me down, he liked to never got me up. As a matter of fact, I went into his waders and I liked to drown him. The water level went up but a lot. And that's the truth. But when he brought me up, he hugged me. And I'll tell you this, it didn't save me. But just like the Ethiopian eunuch, I went up the road rejoicing. And I have never been the same. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. This is not going to save you. But it shows the world you're obedient to Christ. It shows that you want to follow the example of Christ as He commanded. And it shows the world that no, it don't save me. But by identifying with Him, it shows that I have been saved by Him. Amen? We're fixing to baptize Mr. Cade. And he will be going out in just a few moments to change. This is Cade Yarbrough. He's going to be baptized today. And let me tell you, brothers and sisters, this is something to celebrate. Amen? I love doing this. And I'm going to tell you why. I can't begin to explain what it does to my heart for somebody who wants to tell the world that they are now a child of Christ. And I want you to understand, you're never too old or young. Chad, are you trying to say we should do something? No, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. If you don't have a relationship with Christ, you cry out to Him for mercy. And no matter where you've been or where you are, He will give it to you if you ask Him for it. You turn from your sin and you follow Him and you'll never be the same. And I'm telling you, if you are born again believer in Christ, you won't identify with it. You know, I, I used to have this t-shirt that said, I'm cross-eyed. You've heard me say that. When I leave this world, I want to be known as a cross-eyed rock and roll Christian. My eyes are on the cross, my foot's on the rock, and praise God, my name's on the roll. But the t-shirt that amazed me when I went to North Greenville University was a guy that sat in front of me that I always wanted, but I never could find one my size. It's okay to laugh, thanks. Uh, but honestly, it said, pardon my hypocrisy if you have to read this to know that I'm a believer. And that made an impression on me. Because I'm going to tell you something. Everything that we do should reflect Jesus Christ. Does that mean we're perfect? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But by identifying with Christ, we know that we serve a perfect Christ that when we get off that path, He'll get us back on it. And I praise God for that. You see, I often think so many times that if families just put Christ as their priority, I'm not saying your life's going to be easy, but I'm going to say Christ is going to walk with you through it. 
And let me explain to you, there's no greater joy than having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Kate, if you'd come forward. Now, I want to let you know we put a heater in this. Won't be here but a second. <laughs> but if you want to step, I know it's a little chilly and we'll get you out quick. The heater, we, we have learned, we, we're doing this, we, we're learning that... Uh... <laughs> oh, it's always warm, all right. <laughs> we tried when it was really cold. We are, we are trying to perfect this, but, but I'm, I'm going to talk quick. But this is Cade Yarborough, and he has placed his faith and trust in Christ. Cade, have you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Yes. Well, let's sit down for a few moments. I know this is rough. I'm going to give you a towel. <laughs> All right. Put your hands on your chest. Hold up. So, <laughs> By your profession of faith, I, I, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of Christ, arisen to a unison in Him. Praise the Lord. Here. It's so warm. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely warm. <laughs> we gotta somebody help him hurry and get warm. Woo! But <laughs> well, I tell you right. Woo! That's rough. <laughs> That even makes it more great. I'm going to be honest with you. You willing to go through this, brother? Praise God for you. We're working on it, people. We, uh, we usually do it outside and try to warm up, but Jimmy did it last year. If it's any consolation, you say, well, it's cold. You know what? You played in the snow. <laughs> We're working on it. But like I said, baptized. Buried in the likeness of Christ and arisen to a new life in Him. Praise God. I still believe that Jesus Christ saves. Amen. Praise band if you want to come up. Amen. I'm going to lead us out to God be the glory, great things He has done. Stand and let's worship together.